All right. Good morning, church. Everybody doing good? All right. Some of you are. That's good. Well, hey, if you're uh, joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you're uh, a part of the service. And uh, we're in this series called Making Change. And, and a lot of times we all know that we need to make change. We just don't want to, right? And uh, we've talked about that. Uh, but there's things that matter. There's things that hang in the balance. There's things that are important. And we have to you know, be willing to say, God, you know, I want you to change me. Change my heart. That's one of the... That's probably been the focus throughout this series is, God, just just change my heart. I need you to change my heart. And so there's four things that we have been kind of unpacking and talking about as we've been moving through this. And the first one was this, less is more. You know, less is more. You know, and that's hard for us to get our mind around, especially whenever we're uh, just being pushed constantly by, hey, you need this, you want to get one of these, whatever. And there's so many commercials, there's so many things out there, but less is more. And I, I, I think about how sometimes, you know, we go for quantity rather than quality and it's kind of like a you know a good steak or a good meal or whatever there's some places they just do one thing and do it really really well and there's other places they do a little bit of everything and they don't do any of it well you know what i'm saying so there, there's times that less can be more it can be better it can be the best and so we we kind of pushed through that or kind of talked through that the, the last couple of weeks and then the, the next one was stress is bad i think all of us would agree that stress is bad physically it's bad for us i mean our bodies we don't respond real well to stress. And so stress is bad for our bodies physically. It's bad for our marriages, you know, uh, relationally. Because the thing is, is, you know, in a marriage, if there's, there's a lot of stress from maybe finances or maybe, you know, other circumstances or whatever, that stress will show up and it will literally choke out some of the life in that marriage. It will choke out the intimacy. The communication breaks down. And then that kind of compounds and it becomes even more stressful. And so we have to make sure that, you know, you know God... I don't want stress in my life. I want peace. And that's what God is about. God wants you to have peace no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what you're going through. He wants to be that peace that is there, that peace that passes understanding, that people don't understand how you can be doing so well in a tough situation. And then we covered giving is good. And uh, giving is good is a, was a great teaching to me about, you know, giving away, Let, you know, letting our hands be the channel. We just literally become a vessel or a channel of blessing to someone. And even seeing some of the, the video last week where some of you guys have given, and we were able to help literally, you know, just literally feed people that have been struggling just to make ends meet, people that needed food. Uh, this past week, I, I posted a picture of some of that same money that was given, bought gutters to be able to put around the, the roofs of the houses uh, with the same uh, people group that were, they're trying to reach there. And it allows them to capture or catch fresh water and, and, and just little things like that, you know, just giving so that someone can have fresh water. And, uh, you know, being able to have fresh water oftentimes opens the doors to hear about living water. And, uh, you know, our church has put wells down through the years. We have invested in that ministry every year. We, we give so that there can be water wells put down and fresh water can be there. So giving is good. It's a, it's a good thing. In this passage here, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you want to be blessed, give. If you want to be, a, be blessed by God, give you know just trust god with things and and let me just say this last week i thought this was really awesome we had six people who tithe for the very first time last week that's a huge step and i just say we clap it up and we celebrate their faith in trusting god i think it's a big deal uh they're saying you know what god i'm going to trust you so they're trusting god with that tithe i saw last week where people gave things away they gave a, a car to a to a ministry here in the area that that we support and just being able to give being willing to give people say you know what God has laid it on my heart. I'm going to bless. I'm going to give. And so they were giving things away. And so that's, 
That's, that's, that's what we want to be. We want to line up with what Jesus' word says, what, is, what he says is most important, that's to give. And so today we're talking about tomorrow matters, and it's important that we, we understand that. This passage we've been looking at throughout this series, better one handful with tranquility than t- two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And just to be able to be content, maybe to be at that point where we go, you know what, God, it's good to have what you've blessed me with, and God, I'm thankful. And maybe moving to that mindset of where we're, we're grateful, we're thankful, and we're not so focused on wanting more and more stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, we want more, but if we have more, we have to take care of more. Uh, I was just having a conversation with someone where, you know, this guy's got, I know a guy that's got a huge place, and, man, he's kind of frustrated about how much it costs to have the grass cut on it. And I'm like, that's part of owning that many, you know, acres of land is you have to maintain it, you know, and, and, and so it can be it can be tough. And so to have that mentality, of, you know what? I want to be uh, I want I want to be peaceful with what I've got. I want to be content with what I've got. Is a good place to be. That always chasing after more. So tomorrow matters. So what does that mean? Tomorrow matters. I, I think it's important for us to understand. You know, Scripture says, "Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough troubles of its own." So it'd be real easy to say, "Oh, wait, Mike, that's not biblical." But the thing is, is we're not talking about worry. We're talking about planning. We're talking about planning for tomorrow, making having a good plan, knowing what you know could be coming, and having a good plan for whatever might come our way. And, and so I think it's important for us to do it. So tomorrow matters, and, and we need to understand. There's three prayers we've been praying, and uh, we went back to you know the second week. You know, with stress is bad, and we laid out three prayers to pray. One was God give me self control. God give me self control. Now I don't know if you prayed that because some people like I said they don't want to change. They like doing what they like doing. They like it being about them, but they don't really want to change. But we say, God, give me self-control. I think self-control applies to more than just financial stuff. I think self-control, you know, applies to your time. How do you manage your time? How, how well do you manage your time? You want to say yes to certain, you know, opportunities or needs or whatever. But you go, you know what, man, I don't have time. And if I do, I'm going to compromise my marriage. or I'm going to compromise my, my, my job or whatever. And you've got to be willing to say, you know what, no to a few things. No is okay. And so self-control, you know, so God, give me self-control when it comes to spending. You know, you see something, you go, man, I want to buy that, but I know that, you know, I've got other bills to pay, but I really want this thing. And, man, it can be so enticing, but you got to say, God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control, you know, in my marriage. You know, help me to put up healthy boundaries around my marriage. You know, there may be opportunities. There may be someone that's sending you the right signals. Say, so God, give me self-control. Help me to put up healthy boundaries. Help me to be disciplined in that area. So that's one of the prayers we prayed. Here's another one. God, give me understanding. I think, you know, Scripture is pretty clear. Ask for wisdom, God says, and He will give it to us. So we should be praying daily and maybe even moment by moment. God, give me understanding. God, help me to understand what you want to do in my life. God, show me what needs to change. You know, and over and over throughout the series, we keep talking about God changed my heart. And so, God, help me to understand what you want to change in me. And ask God, God, would you just do some spiritual surgery in my heart to show me and maybe kind of say, hey, listen, this is what I need removed so that you can be the most effective witness for me. Are we open to that? And so we, we say, God, give me understanding. We talked about financial plans. You know, financial peace is a plan. Uh, there, there's, there's other things out there. There's some great ministries out there that will help you to get your finances in order. And here's the thing, to take away some of the stress in your life. Take, take away some of the things that rob your marriage of, of the intimacy and the communication that you need. You know, and so you've got to be able to say, God, you know, help me to, not, you know, to understand how to manage my resources and how to you know, make you the priority in my life. And then the last one was, God, give me a plan. So there's plans out there. 
Like I said, you got Crown Ministries, which is a great ministry. You got Financial Peace University. We're about to start one. And uh, you guys have a card in your seat. You can fill that out. You might say, hey, you know what? I'll, we need to be a part of Financial Peace University. And there may be some of you who say, you know what? We took that class a long time ago. But let me ask you, are you living out the principles? Are you applying the principles? You may know what to do. You just don't want to do it, right? Or you may want to do it, but you're not choosing to do what you already know to do. So what we often do is we know what we ought to do. We just don't apply it. It's like reading the Bible. I can read the Bible and I can say, you know what, man, that's a great word. And I can walk away and not apply that truth to my life and not embrace that teaching. And I miss out on the true blessing, right? And so oftentimes we know what we ought to be doing with our finances. We know that we should be honoring God with what we've been given, but we're not. And so maybe for you, you just need to say, you know what, I'm going to sign up for FPU. I need a refresher. I need to be reset. I need to get pointed in the right direction. And so I think it's, it's good for us to pray these prayers. And maybe we pray these daily. Maybe we pray, pray them on a regular basis. God, give me self-control. God, give me understanding. God, give me a plan. God, help me to be intentional with my time. Help me to be focused on what, what you have in store for me. I love this passage here. It says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You know, there's times that we spend whatever we make. I mean, you make X amount of dollars, you spend it. And sometimes you spend it before you get to the next X amount of dollars coming in. You just like spend, spend, spend. You know, and we live in a culture where it's rare for people to sit down and have a meal together. It's always buying, you know, takeout. Uh, You know, if you drive around right now and you look at some of the... I I was talking to a lady uh, yesterday and uh, she said, you know, I was going to go buy Chick-fil-A and pick up whatever for for dinner she goes and i mean it was just wrapped and wrapped and wrapped she said well i thought well i won't go there i'll go to whatever she went to the next she goes it was wrapped up she said and i told my husband said you know what we're not eating out she goes we're eating breakfast for supper and i was like that's my favorite anyway you know so anyway she was like you know it's just crazy but so many times we're just eating out we're not sitting down as a family we're not having meals together but it's all about convenience and sometimes what we're doing is we're spending way more on those things than we could be we could take the we can be a better manager of what we got, but we spend whatever we get. And so we've got to be careful that we don't do that. And I'll be honest with you, man, I was growing up as a kid, that was me. You know, uh, there was a season whenever I was young, really young, I would save everything. Like I remember saving every dime, penny, nickel, whatever I could save. And I even broke a, a drawer in a chest of drawers that I had because I was saving everything and the weight was too much. And then I hit a stage where it was like, you know, I was going to spend whatever I made. You know, and that was kind of like the high school years, teenage years or whatever. And so we've got to be able to say, God, give me wisdom, give me understanding to know that, you know what, that's not what Scripture wants me to do. And, and look at this next passage here. It says, the house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through good sense, using our mind, using what God has given us. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. And then look at this next one here. The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. In other words, we're to ask God, God, give me wisdom. God, give me understanding. God, help me to make wise decisions with what you've entrusted me with. God, help me to make wise decisions with everything that you have blessed me with. And God has blessed everything we've got has come from God, right? I mean, everything. You might say, well, no, Mike, I've worked hard. He gave you breath in your body. He gave you the ability to work. He's given you everything. He's given you the job that you've got. And so we talk about a plan. Here's another plan. This is what I grew up with. And this is what I was taught was 10% you return to God. It's got, got, the tithe is God. It's not mine. And so if I get $100, the first 10% of that is not mine. I return that to God. That's His. He's blessed me with 100%, but He's trusted me to return the 10%, which is His. And then the next 10%, what I was taught was, hey, you save 
you know, and you trust. I mean, you save and you invest. You save and you invest that money. So you save that money. Hopefully you invest that money. And one day that money will make money. And, and you'll be able to do more things, not for, necessarily for myself, but for the kingdom of God. And then you live off the 80%. Now, some of you guys are probably going, Mike, there's no way I can live off 80% of what I make. You could. You can and you could. But you don't want to. And you don't trust God enough to do that yet. You may be at the point where you say, well, Mike, I can't save 10%. That, that would be nice, but I'm not at that point. But there may be some things that you could eliminate in your life, some things that you could sell, maybe things you get rid of, maybe some payments you give up, maybe some things that you give up, some conveniences. Maybe you start giving up some of the subscriptions to this, this TV program or that TV program or this movie, whatever, and you say, you know what, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to set it aside and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a saving. So that's what I was taught. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't taught that by my mom and dad. And maybe you guys are the same way. My mom and dad didn't teach me that. I've shared with you, my dad would tip. When the offering basket would come by, he would throw in a 10. If he was really generous, he'd throw in a 20. But it wasn't his tithe, and he never taught me any of this. I learned this after I became a believer, a follower of Christ. And I had someone who began to mentor me and teach me. You know, and, and so I'm just telling you, there may be some of you, you weren't raised that way. You go, Mike, I wasn't taught that. Well, I'm telling you now, that's a pretty good plan. There may be better plans. But I'm just saying, that's what I was taught. And that's, again, I'm putting God first. I'm trusting Him. I'm returning to Him what is His. I'm not robbing Him. I'm not stealing from Him. I'm not a thief. And, and I'm also taking what He, you know, the 10%. I'm investing it. I'm saving it, setting it aside so that there may be things that pop up. And then living off the other and hopefully living in a way that, is frugal and is honored. I'll just say this. I know people that live off 10% and give 90%. There's people that, that literally they live off 10% and they give 90%. You're thinking there's no way they could do that. They do if they don't have a lot of debt. They do if they don't have a lot of stress in their life. They do if they have managed their resources well. And here's the thing. God has entrusted them with more. And so we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, I want to have a good plan. So Jesus made it clear that tomorrow matters. I think Jesus made it clear. He gave us a mission, the Great Commission, that we're to go and make disciples, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, everywhere they go, and making disciples and teaching them everything that He's taught us. So He cared about tomorrow. He cared about whenever He left what would take place here, right? So He cared about tomorrow. He cared about you know how we would manage what we've been entrusted with. And so whenever we look at this passage that we're about to look at in Matthew, this is the parable of the three servants, I want you to look. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about, you know, hey, if things are handed off, how will you handle the task that has been handed off to you? Jesus would literally pass it off to the disciples. And he's saying, hey, listen, here is the mission. And then the disciples handed it off to the early church, and the early church is handed off to us. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be on mission. I want to be focused on the kingdom of God. So in verse 14, it says, And again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So he's, he's leaving. And it kind of gives the picture, you know, for many of us, and we go, all right, so Jesus left. Jesus is coming back. Here's a picture of a master who has left. He's coming back. The servants don't know when he's coming back. But he's entrusted them with, this, this, you know, with wealth and with all kinds of things. And so he said, hey, listen, be diligent. Make sure you're working for the kingdom. Make sure you're working for these things. And, and so he, he says he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. 
The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. That's a pretty good return. That's a really good return. The servant who had two bags of silver went to work and earned two more. He had a good return. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Not a good return. But after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. And so here's the thing is, you know, for us, it's not about, you know, what we get in life if we're believers, if we're followers of Christ. It's about, God, how do we use what you have given us to make a difference for the kingdom of God? How do we make a difference in the lives of others? And how do we honor you with what we've been entrusted with? The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. Like I said, good return. Look at the response. It says, The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. A couple of things I want you to notice in that is he's celebrating. He's, he's giving praise. He's praising this guy for what he's done. He's been, he's been faithful. He's been diligent you know he's he's taken it and he's doubled what he had and, and so anybody in here would say i mean that's that's a good return that's a great return and so he's doubled his money if you would and if you were to look back at how much that money was even in the parable jesus is saying the talents that was a lot of money could have been 20 it could have been 20 years of of wages that had been done but he had five times that so like a hundred years of wages so this is an extravagant amount of money this guy has doubled but look at what he says here he says now I'll give you many more <clears throat> responsibilities. So he's saying, I'm not going to just, it didn't say I'm going to give you more money. But he says, I'm going to give you more responsibilities. And a lot of times we think, hey, you know what? He did good. So that's what we need to do. We need to do good for us. It's not for us. This was for his master. This was for the one who it belonged to. And look at what it says. It says, let's celebrate together. And so literally the master is celebrating with this guy. He's going, man, you did awesome. He's celebrating. Look, look at the next guy. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I mean, it's a celebration. I mean, don't, don't you want to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I like to celebrate things and to be positive and, you know, and love to be able to celebrate the good things. But every once in a while, man, you go, you know what, we blew it. We're in trouble. We've got to fix this. And so here, these guys are, man, they're in a celebration with their master. Look at this one. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. That doesn't sound like Jesus, but Jesus is teaching this. And Jesus is illustrating something here. And, and, and so, you know, you go, you know, what, is, what exactly is he talking about? You know, what, what about this where he, he does what he, you know, he's sowing seed that's not his and harvesting what's not his and so he says i was afraid i would lose your money so i hid it in the earth look here's your money back and oftentimes we have that mentality towards god where we're afraid of god so we're hesitant to do things we're afraid of what people might think so we're hesitant to hesitant to do things and what we're taught here is that we've got to trust god we've got to take steps of faith we've got to trust the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money into the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And so here he's saying, hey, listen, 
you lazy, you wicked, lazy servant. I mean, that's harsh. That's harsh. Jesus, he's teaching this to the the disciples about the kingdom of God. and, And I mean, he's driving this point home hard. You know, and I'm sure they're going like, wicked, lazy servant. That's not me, is it? Then he ordered to take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they have, are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now that's a hard teaching by Jesus there, but he's pretty clear. That, you know, we've, we've got to be good stewards of what we've been entrusted with. The world's going to tell you one thing, but this is what Jesus is saying. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so when we look at that, we realize, you know what, hey, tomorrow does matter. Jesus taught and made it clear, you know, that tomorrow matters. So what we've got to do is we've got to change, we've got to change what we do today. We've got to change how we live today. If I really want tomorrow to be different, then today has to be different. At least it has to be the beginning of being different. Last night, I, I went with some of the guys from here at the church. Uh, I went to the races for the first time in like 30 years. I, I grew up going to race car tracks and stuff like that. And so last night, we went out here to, to Montgomery Speedway, and it was, it was kind of cool. It was kind of a throwback for me. It was kind of going back in time almost in some ways. And anyway, so we're out there, and of course, you know, they're racing, and it's a, it's a, good, it's a good night, good racing. And, uh, but I'm looking at my watch, and I'm going... I'm thinking, how, how long is this going to go? Because I had Sunday coming up next, right? And I was preaching two messages the next morning. And I'm sitting there going like, hey, uh, man, guys, I'm, gonna have, I'm probably going to have to slip out of here and get back. Because I was wanting to prepare and make sure that I was good to go for Sunday morning, right? I tell people all the time, the best way to, to make the most out of Sunday morning is to make sure that you prepare well on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday night. Like, go to bed at a decent hour. Get a good night's rest. You know, a lot of times we try to stay up as late as we can on Friday, late as we can on Saturday, and then God just kind of gets the leftovers on Sunday morning. But I think it's important that we prepare. So I'm sitting there, and I keep checking my watch because I'm worried about, to be honest with you, tomorrow, the next day, Sunday. I'm going, you know, I don't know if I need to go ahead. And I'm kind of debating back and forth. I'm gonna lie, I ain't going to lie to you. I stayed to the last race. I watched them all. You know, and, uh, and so it was kind of good, you know. But it wasn't terribly late. I got home about 11 o'clock last night. Got a shower and got into bed and, and had a good night's rest. But the thing is, is I was thinking about tomorrow. I was thinking about today. I was thinking about the next day. And, and so I think it's important that we do that. But the thing is, is we have to change how we live today if we want tomorrow to be different. We can always hope for tomorrow, wish for tomorrow, all these things. But there has to be a little bit of change today. And just one step in a different direction can change the path that you're on. Just one step. So we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to, help me to think about things differently. And throughout this whole series, we keep talking about God changed my heart. God changed the way that I think. And so when God changes our heart, He'll change the desires that you have. He'll change the wants that you have. He'll change those things. And so we've got to be willing to let God change us today. And so here's, here's something we have to think about. We have to manage well what we've been entrusted with. We have to manage well what we've been entrusted with. And so... Oftentimes what we will do is we'll, we'll have this mentality of I'll just keep doing what I've always done. But the thing is, you'll always get what you've already got. So if you want something different, you have to do something different. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have to make a little bit of change. And, and there's times that we, you know, we, we have to go through some hard lessons to learn, you know what, I'm, I should have changed. Maybe you're driving down the road and you look down, you're speeding, and you go, you know what, man, I, I need to slow it down. 
I need to slow it down, but you don't. And all of a sudden, there's a state trooper just over the hill. And it's a little bit too late. The blue lights come on, and you go. And uh, so I was talking with a guy the other day. He was telling me he'd gotten three tickets since he got a new truck. I was like, dude, you need to get rid of that truck. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going on. And uh, he was like, he goes, well, the first day I was just kind of stretching its legs. State trooper, boom. Three tickets. And I was like, good gracious, dude. I said, you might want to slow it down a little bit. So there's got to be some change, right? That little incremental changes can lead to great change in the long run. And, and so I want to share a video with you with someone who, who, to be honest with you, was forced to change. And there are times that maybe we go through some hard, hardships. There's some times that we go through some tough times. And God is going to use that for the better if we stay focused on Him. So check this video out. Church. My name is Chris Isbell. I am at Universal Studios today, here to have a good time on a Saturday afternoon. And wanted to just talk to you guys about something that I learned, a pretty hard lesson that I learned. Back a few years ago, while my wife and I were attending Journey Church, before we moved down to South Florida. And this was an experience that ended with me literally crying in Mike's office, where I had experienced... The result of my poor planning, of not thinking about the future, not putting some things in place uh, to be able to prepare me for the economic downturn that had happened with the real estate market. And I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Well, we have been pretty successful in the real estate business back in the early 2000s and got to the point to where we felt we were pretty invincible. Uh, We had done pretty good. I thought things were just going to you know, keep going up and up and up and things were great and I took a lot of risks and at the end of the day, we ended up learning an extremely valuable lesson and it it resulted in God basically removing everything from our lives that we had accumulated. Over the period of about 18 months, we had lost everything, including our home and were reduced down to pretty much living in a camper parked in my sister's driveway. Now, God used this situation to really offer a reset in our lives, you know, a reset of how we thought about money and finances and preparation and taking care of things and thinking about tomorrow and what could happen and being smarter with our decisions when it came to money and business. So it reminded me of when you think of the two seas over in Galilee, you've got the Sea of Galilee and you've got the Dead Sea. What's interesting about these two seas is they're both in the same region. They're both fed by the Jordan River, and one of them is desolate, destitute, no wildlife, no marine life, no vegetation, no nothing in the Dead Sea. The other one is full of life and full of vegetation. Well, the difference between the two, even though they're in the same region and fed by the same river, is that the Sea of Galilee has an outlet. As water comes in, it flows out and it feeds other things downstream, whereas the Dead Sea does not. That's the difference between the two. And God has created us to be exactly that, an outlet for the things that he has blessed us with. We're not supposed to just hold on to those things. We give more now than we ever did before. We're able to do things for other people that we didn't do back when we had our real real estate business. God has restored to us the things that we had lost back when we were in real estate. So I really appreciate Journey. I appreciate Mike, the wisdom that he spoke into me when I was in his office that day. Heck, he even gave us a car so I could go out and sell insurance door-to-door as we were kind of rebuilding our lives. I value greatly Journey and the family there. I really appreciate you guys. We miss you guys. 
And thank you so much for listening to this. And you guys have an awesome day. Very good. I mean, and that, that right there is a life change. That's, that's a change. I mean, he had to make some adjustments, right? But here's the thing. He didn't, he didn't do that until he had to. You know, and, and I love the fact that, you know, Chris can share that story now on the other side of it. You know what? Hey, we, we built the wrong way. And there, there are times that I feel like people are they're building their lives. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You got the ladder leaning against the wrong wall. And, and maybe one day you're going to wake up and go, you know what, man? We, we had this leaning against the wrong wall. We were building the wrong thing. We built it the wrong way. And, and so I, I would encourage you, you know, like I said, we, we've got to understand we have to manage well what we've been entrusted with. We have to manage it well. And so ask yourself today, mate, you say, you know, am I, am I managing what God has entrusted me with so that the kingdom of God expands, so that lost people are saved, so that disciples are made? Am I literally, or am I leveraging everything that I've been entrusted with financially, resources, time, talent, treasure, you, I mean, whatever it might be. Am I leveraging those things for me or am I leveraging those for the kingdom of God? Am I leveraging those abilities, resources, so that lives are changed forever. And I tell our staff and I tell our, our, our teams a lot of times, I say, hey guys, just keep in mind everything that we do is important because eternity hangs in the balance for some. And so maybe if we were to live with that mentality, you know, hey man, you know, everything I do, God has entrusted me with, and I need to think about how I say things, how I do things, how I live, how I manage what He's entrusted me with. And so, the other thing we've got to do is we, we have to be faithful and consistent. We talked about last week, you know, someone took the first step of obedience and, and trusting God financially, and they, they've returned his tithe. And I'm going to tell you, I've, I've prayed for them to be blessed this week. I pray, our staff has prayed for them because they've trusted God. You know, and my, my, I, believe, I know that God will be faithful. I'm just praying for God to show them and for it to be evident to them. It may not be financially, but I'm just telling you, God's going to answer that. And he's, going to, he's going to move in those people's lives in a special way. But they're trusting God. So if you're faithful in little things, he'll trust you with more responsibilities. And, and notice it wasn't, he did, the, the master didn't tell the servants, hey, listen, I'm going to give you more money. That's not what he said. He said, I'm going to give you more responsibility. He gave them a lot of money. They did a lot of good with it. But, hey, I'm going to give you more responsibility. It may be something more important than money. Maybe something more important than money like people. I'm going to give you the opportunity to invest in people. You know, and, and so we've got to be faithful and consistent. I think it's important that we're faithful and we're consistent. In our marriage, we need to be faithful and consistent. We need to be faithful, you know, to our spouse. We need to be consistent in dating them. We need to be faithful and consistent whenever we're teaching our children, hey, that we stand by what we say. We, we, t- we let them know what the boundaries are, and we, we back those up. You know, if we're always wavering and tossed to and fro, man, we're not, real, we're not real sure of ourselves as parents. Parenting is tough. Parenting is one of the hardest jobs. We, we, we've been working this week to put together a parenting conference that's coming in August. And because we know, you know, parenting is tough. And if you don't try to figure it out or have a plan for parenting until your kids get here, you're going to learn some hard lessons, I can just tell you. Marriage is tough. You know, we do marriage conferences to try to help people, you know, to, to manage well what God has entrusted you with. And so we've got to be faithful with those things and consistent with those things. And then here's another one. God knows your capability. God knows what you're capable of. He knows what your, your abilities are. He knows your potential. And, uh, and I, I think it's important for us to understand that, you know, he pointed out the wicked, lazy servant. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. He knew what he could do. But he also saw what he didn't do, right? And I'm just telling you, I, I've got three boys. I've got Hunter, Zach, and Christian. And growing up, I would give them t- certain tasks. We might be working in the yard or whatever. And so Hunter was the oldest. 
And he's about six years older than Christian, my youngest one. And so I knew that Hunter, there were certain things that Hunter could do that Christian could not do. Now, Zach was in the middle, and there were certain things that Zach may not be able to do that Hunter could do at that point. But I would kind of assign those things out. But I knew what they were capable of, and I knew what their potential was. And I knew whenever they were, they were being lazy. And I knew whenever they were more focused on their brother's job and him not doing his job than they were on their job. I mean, like, Daddy, you know, Zach's not doing this. Or, Daddy, you know, Hunter's not doing this. And I would be like, hey, if you'll just do what I gave you to do and don't worry about it, I, I see all of that. And I want you to know I will bless according and I will rebuke according to what I see. And so what I was telling them, hey, listen, you just do your job. You just do what you've been entrusted to do, right? But too often we're worried about somebody else. We're looking at them like they're not doing their job or they're not doing whatever. But if you look back, let's look at this passage here. It says he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their what? Their abilities. So God knows what you're capable of. He knows your potential. And so I would say this too. I think you know your potential more than you want to admit sometimes. You know if you're lazy or not. You know if you're undisciplined. And you know if you're not giving your best. There's not many times where I, I, I meet someone where I know or I, I, I can tell they just don't get it. They don't know. Most of them know they just don't want to. And they don't choose to. And it's not important enough. And, and so I would just say that God knows your capability. He knows your ability. He knows your potential. Tomorrow matter, tomorrow matter to uh, Apostle Paul. You know, we read this passage last week, and I, I like what Paul was saying here. We actually read a part uh, where he was talking to the Ephesian elders. And this is that same part of, in that chapter there where he's talking to the, these Ephesian elders. And Paul is, is talking about, hey, man, I'm leaving you guys. I'm entrusting this church. I'm entrusting this leadership. And so he's telling them, hey, man, I, I never wanted anybody's stuff. I never, you know, you know, wanted anybody's silver or gold or fine clothes. He said, I didn't, I didn't want any of that. He said, but what I was about was, was the kingdom of God. And I love that heart that, that Paul has. But look what he says here. He says, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? You know, I mean, here he is. He said, hey, I don't know exactly what tomorrow holds. I just know that jail and suffering await me. That's what the Holy Spirit's told me. And I think sometimes as believers, and especially in this culture we live in today, there's often this, this prosperity teaching, and there's often this mentality, hey, if you'll just give, if you'll return the tithe, or if you'll just give money, or if you'll do whatever, you're going to have this blessed life, this great life, and there'll never be any issues. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us, hey, you know what, there may be suffering ahead of you. There may be persecution ahead of you. But the thing is, is you still use what you've been given to make a difference for the kingdom of God. You still are focused on the task at hand. You're still focused on the Great Commission. You're still focused on making disciples. You're still focused on reaching the lost. And, and so what he's saying, hey, listen, I will be there. I will give you what you need. But don't, don't think that, hey, just because I'm a believer, I'm a follower, I'm, I've given my life to Christ, everything's going to be a bed of roses. That's not the way it works. The thing is, is we're going to go through storms. There's going to be tough times. But we have a God who is over all that, who will see us through all of that. And we've got to trust Him. We've got to lean into Him. We've got to trust Him. And so look, look what it says here. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me 
unless I use it for the finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. My life is worth nothing. And here's Apostle Paul who said, hey, listen, man, I was Hebrew among Hebrews. Man, he goes, I, you know, I was disciplined like nobody else. He said, but all that stuff is garbage, it's junk, it doesn't matter. My life is is worth nothing unless I finish the work assigned me by the Lord. So let me ask you, what has God assigned you? He's assigned you the Great Commission. He's assigned me the Great Commission. He's given me abilities. He's given me tasks. He's given me responsibilities. He's given you abilities. He's given you skills. He's given you talents. Are you using what you've been given to further the kingdom of God, to be about the work of Christ? Are you using your resources, your finances to bless others? Are you using your talents, your skills, your abilities to write, your ability to sing, your ability to play an instrument, your ability to make money so that you can bless others? Or you can maybe finance a ministry or support a ministry, whatever it might be. Are you using those things, like Paul says, to finish the work that was assigned to me? And I think it's important for us to know, you know, hey, what is, you know, God, what have you assigned me to do? What have you, what have you entrusted me with? And am I being consistent with it? Am I being faithful with it? I like this statement here. It says, in the book of Acts, we see from the example of the early church how an ordinary group of people, that was Acts that we were reading in, right? That's the early church. Paul is handing off the church to the Ephesian uh, leaders, the Ephesian elders there. And so an ordinary group of people can do extraordinary things for the help of an extraordinary God. When God is at work in us and among us, and I'm just telling you, we can do things that, you know what, the world can't get their mind around. But we've got to be willing to trust Him. We've got to be obedient. We've got to be consistent and faithful. And so when I look into the book of Acts, you see that, that lived out. And so here's the thing. That tomorrow should matter to the church. Tomorrow should matter to us. How we manage what we do today. You know, and hey, what are the opportunities for tomorrow? One of the things that we often are praying about as leadership here is, God, what do you want to do next? Is it a campus somewhere? God, what, what do you want us to do next? God, is it to help other churches? We already invest in church plants, we invest in missions, we invest in ministries all over the community, all over the nation, all over the world. But God, what else do you want to do? So God, what is next? What is tomorrow? What does tomorrow hold? And so I think it's important that we as the church go, God, what do you want us to do? And here's the thing, God, we want to be effective today. We want to make adjustments today, and we want to pass things off well. We want to hand things off well to this next generation. So God, help us to be faithful. Help us to be consistent. And I love this passage here. It's out of Psalms. It's out of the Old Testament. It says, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. Moms and dads, let me ask you, are you telling your children about the Lord? Are you telling them about Him and what He can do? Are you modeling for them what it means to return a tithe or to give an offering above and beyond? Are you modeling for them what it means to use your gifts and your abilities to reach people with the, with the life-changing message of the gospel. Are you leading well? Are you handing off to this next generation? See, we, what we want to do is we want to complain about the millennials and we want to complain about the next generation. But are we living out our faith and are we good stewards and are we using everything that we've been given to pass off to our children that great message? Are we good stewards? Are we good managers? some next steps and I think the first one probably doesn't ever need to change it seems like but ask God to change your heart it's got to change my heart because when your heart's changed your desires change your actions change your words change your thoughts change 
whenever God changes your heart, whenever He melts that hard, cold old heart, man, that selfish, greedy heart, that lazy, wicked heart, man, what He does, He He softens it up and man, He fills it with love and He gives you compassion and empathy towards others, and all of a sudden you have you're able to see people the way that God sees them, and you love people the way that God loves them. You don't see color anymore. You don't see culture anymore. You don't see age groups or generations or whatever. You just see people and you say, you know what? Jesus died for them. You focus on the kingdom of God. You're about the kingdom of God. So you have to say, God, change my heart. Maybe somebody watching online, maybe somebody in the room says, you know what, man? I need God to change my heart. Maybe you need salvation. Maybe you're here and you need to receive Christ. Uh, Put your faith in Christ. Saved by faith and faith alone. There's nothing you can do. You can't give enough money to be saved. You can't do enough good deeds to be saved. You only can put your faith in Christ to Jesus. I put my faith in what you did on the cross. I put my faith in what you did through the power of the resurrection. I put my faith in you and you alone. Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you save me? So maybe that's your need. But there may be some of you in this room, and there's a lot of believers here and online that you go, you know what, God, I need you to change my heart. Because my focus, my attention is not on the kingdom of God. It's not on you. It's on me and stuff. And so... Couple of steps. Trust God with the tithe. There were six people that took that step last week. Maybe this week you say, you know what? It's time for us to tithe. We need to trust God. I need to trust Him. He's blessed me. I'm going to quit robbing from Him. I'm going to return what is His. Manage well what you've been entrusted with. You've been entrusted with not just finances. You've been entrusted with talents, abilities. You know, maybe maybe the, the ability to teach. Maybe the ability to to just talk to people and connect with people. You say, God, I want to use those things. For your kingdom. God, I want to use those things to share the gospel. God, I want to use those things, anything and everything I've been given, to open up a door so that I might be able to share the good news. God, I want it to be about your kingdom. See, if we go back, this master goes off. He leaves these tasks with his his servants. And he's coming back. And they don't know when he's coming back. And so we need to have that mentality. You know what? Jesus is coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. But we want to be faithful and consistent and good managers, good stewards. And then here's the last one, leave a legacy. That's what we'll kind of talk about next week. A legacy, what are you known for? What are you remembered for? Leaving a godly legacy. Maybe your children will one day think back and hopefully they will remember your faith, your love for God, your love for His Word your love for his people or what will they remember your love for stuff your drive to have more what kind of legacy will you leave I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and answer those questions in your heart say God I need you to change my heart God, I need you to change my focus. I need you to change me. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're watching online. You've never accepted Jesus. You've never surrendered your life. You've never given Him everything. And so here's an opportunity. Not so might, what does it take to be saved? It takes everything you've got, all the faith that you've got. You say, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you went to the cross and died for me. I believe that you bled out your precious blood.
to wash away my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were resurrected by the power of God. You defeated death, the grave. You defeated sin. And you can give me victory. So, Jesus, I believe that with everything that's in me. Everything that's in me. Jesus, I want you to change me. I want to live for you. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. And so maybe for you today, if you're here and that's your prayer, man, we want to know. If you're online, man, we want to know. And so if you just pray that prayer, if you ask Christ to come into your life to save you, you put your faith in Him for the very first time, if you would, just raise your hand and say, Mike, that's me. Anybody here in the room, just say, Mike, I just put my faith in Christ for salvation. Man, I, I need to be saved, and I am, I, I'm here today for that reason. That is my need. Maybe you're online. That's you. You can text us. Just text my decision to 94,000, and, and we, we will follow up with you. We want to help you take that next step. Father's Day, we're going to be doing baptism. Maybe your next step is baptism. We want, to, we want to be a part of that. But I do believe there's somebody here, and I believe there's somebody online that knows, you know what, their heart's got to change. Their heart has become hard and cold and maybe selfish and lazy, wicked. And today, you just need to say, God, break me. Break my heart. God, change me. Change my heart. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, I, I know that tomorrow matters. Father, thank you for loving us and trusting us with your message. Trusting us with your church. Trusting us for the Great Commission. Father, help us as individuals to be good managers, good stewards of what you have entrusted us with. God, and help us to be focused on the kingdom of God. God, I pray that one day, when, when Jesus steps out on that cloud, that we will be found faithful. And so, God, thank you for meeting with us today. I pray that you would use us for your purposes and for your kingdom this week. And, God, help us to see that we have been blessed so that we can bless others. In Jesus' name.